This is Party on the Peninsulas, your weekly update on the people and policies leading Michigan, with Michigan Democratic Party Chair Lavora Barnes. Welcome back to Party on the Peninsulas. I'm Lavora Barnes, and the word this week, perceptions. A new poll from The Economist and YouGov shows there's a huge disconnect from what people believe is happening in America and what cold, hard statistics show is our very excellent reality. Some examples of those misperceptions? 74% rated the economy is fair or poor, and 54% say it's getting worse. Why is that? 46% say most of the news they receive about the economy is bad even though the economy is stronger now by far than when President Biden took office. Only 11% say the news they hear is mostly positive. 41% think the economy is shrinking. 45% think the United States is in a recession. And another 20% think we'll be in a recession within 12 months. 60% believe unemployment is a serious or major problem. 68% believe the number of jobs in the country are decreasing or staying the same. What's driving perceptions? Nearly three out of five say the most important economic indicator is the price they pay for goods and services. Inflation. The battering we all took in 2022 due to inflation still weighs heavily on their minds. The numbers tell us something far different. The U.S. has the strongest economic growth since the pandemic of any leading economy in the world. While economists predicted a recession as the Fed raised interest rates, it hasn't happened. The economy continues to grow. Wages are rising higher than last year and higher than before the pandemic, accounting for inflation. Annual inflation has fallen by two-thirds since last summer and has averaged less than 2% over the last three months. 187,000 jobs were created last month. A total of 13.5 million jobs have been created since President Biden took office. That includes 1.5 million in manufacturing, construction, and engineering. The unemployment rate is just 3.8%, under 4% for 19 months in a row, the longest stretch since Neil Armstrong walked on the moon more than 50 years ago. The share of prime working-age Americans with jobs is at a 20-year high. The share of prime working-age women with jobs is at a record high. We've regained all the jobs lost during the pandemic and created 4 million more. That's a lot of numbers, more than anyone can remember just by hearing them on a podcast. So we've created a cheat sheet for you. You can download it from the episode notes on our website, partyonthepeninsulas.com. Just click on the link. We also have a link to the polling from The Economist and YouGov. We know that it's perceptions that drive voters. Many of the assaults on reality are fueled by partisan Republicans and their right-wing media allies who constantly spread misinformation as they gear up for 2024. We cannot stand idly by and let those distortions and lies go unanswered. It's something each of us needs to do every day in our personal conversations and social media. We have a great story to tell, backed up by facts. Let's keep telling it. Even as they pass laws that strengthen our economy in Michigan, Democrats in Lansing are also continuing to fight to expand personal freedom. A new package of bills has just been introduced, strengthening the rights of women to control their own reproductive health care. We'll talk with the lead sponsor of the bills, Speaker Pro Tem of the House, Lori Pahutsky. But first, 
An update on some of the other stories on politics and policies we're following this week with MDP's Dorian Tyus. In the news this week, former judge and Macomb County prosecutor Carl Malinga has joined the race for Congress in Michigan's 10th District. If successful in the primary, it would set up a rematch with right-wing Republican John James, who narrowly defeated Merlinga in 2022. Judges in three states have overturned Republican gerrymanders of legislative or congressional maps. In Alabama, a nonpartisan special master will be tasked with redrawing the state's congressional map after the legislature defied a court order to create two districts with a majority of African-American voters. Although 27% of the state's population is Black, only one of the seven congressional districts has a Black majority. A Florida redistricting plan pushed by Republican Governor Ron DeSantis violates the state constitution and is prohibited from being used for any future U.S. congressional elections since it diminishes the ability of Black voters in North Florida to pick a representative of their choice, as state judges ruled. In Wisconsin, The gerrymandered Republican legislature is considering impeaching newly elected state Supreme Court justice because she could be the deciding vote overturning gerrymandering in the state. Republicans have a 65-34 majority in the state house and a 22-11 supermajority in the state Senate, even though the state's voters are evenly divided between Republicans and Democrats. In an aggressive move that angered Republicans, the Biden administration canceled the seven remaining oil and gas leases in Alaska's Arctic National Wildlife Refuge, overturning sales held in the Trump administration's waning days and proposed stronger protections against development on vast swaps of the National Petroleum Reserve, Alaska. Governor Whitmer is in Japan seeking more Japanese investment in our state. On the first day of our economic development investment mission in Japan, Whitmer led the Michigan delegation in speaking with Japanese businesses about Michigan's global mobility and advanced manufacturing strengths. She also spoke with a range of Japanese business leaders about the state's business-friendly environment and ensures Japanese companies across these industries are able to grow and thrive. On their first day in session after the summer and district work period, House Democrats gave final passage to three bills that with their companions already signed into law, outlawed child marriage in Michigan. The bills now head to Governor Gretchen Whitmer's desk. A fourth will return to the Senate for concurrence and amendment. Former Republican Michigan Congressman Mike Rogers is moving back to Michigan from his Fort Myers, Florida home to run for the U.S. Senate. Michigan Democratic Party Chair LaVor Barnes responded by saying, quote, Michigan Republicans' nasty primary will leave them with a badly damaged nominee who is out of touch with Michigan families and will struggle in the general election. Retread Mike Rogers quit on Michigan nearly a decade ago, but he won't be able to hide from his record, pushing the interests of China and big corporations at the expense of working families, putting Medicare and Social Security on the chopping block, and even backing an abortion ban with no exceptions for rape or incest. A leaked memo sent to state House Republicans in Michigan calls paid family leave, quote, summer break for adults, end quote. In the memo, the GOP House spokesperson encourages caucus members to ridicule the concept. 
The GOP messaging blatantly disregards the litany of reasons people actually rely on paid leave policies, including caring for a sick family member or a newborn child. Polling shows that paid leave policy is overwhelmingly supported by Michiganders and voters across the country. The GOP talking point is another example of the Michigan GOP embracing extremism over actual productive change. Link to this story and other articles of interest are on our website, partyonthepeninsulas.com. From Michigan Democratic Party headquarters in Lansing, I'm Dorian Tyler. Thank you, Dorian. We're joined this week by State Representative Lori Pahutsky, Speaker Pro Tem of the Michigan House of Representatives, the lead sponsor of a package of bills strengthening the rights of women to make reproductive health care decisions without government interference. Representative Pahutsky is serving her third term representing the 17th House District, which encompasses parts of Northwest Detroit, North Redford Charter Township, and Northeast Livonia. She's a longtime activist and volunteer and spent time as a crisis hotline volunteer and a caregiver at Angela Hospice. Pahutsky graduated from Michigan State University with a degree in microbiology. After college, Pahutsky worked in the fields of food safety, toxicology, and healthcare. She brings this knowledge, along with her experience in water quality testing, with her to the Michigan House of Representatives, where she chairs the Committee on Natural Resources, Environmental Tourism, and Outdoor Recreation. She talked about the new package of reproductive health care bills with our Walt Sorg. Representative Bohutsky, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast this morning. Thank you for having me. Let's talk first about the reproductive uh, health care rights bills you've put in. A lot of people may have thought that this was taken care of as a result of the referendum last year. Why is additional legislation needed? Prop 3 last year enshrined the right to reproductive freedom, including abortion, in our state constitution. But the fact of the matter is there are a lot of laws that we have on the books, known as trap laws, that restrict abortion access. So a right isn't really a right if it's not accessible to everyone. And the Reproductive Health Act seeks to treat abortion care like every other type of health care in the state of Michigan. What are the details of the package? What, What impact will it have? on the average woman seeking health care? Sure. So there are areas of this state where people may have to drive hundreds of miles to access abortion care. And that's because currently any facility that provides abortion has to be licensed as a freestanding surgical center. So essentially like a mini hospital. That's completely unnecessary given the fact that no surgeries take place at any abortion facilities. And it can be very costly for abortion facilities to open. So if you're in a rural area of the state or perhaps up in the UP, you may have to drive hundreds of miles to access abortion care. Furthermore, because of the mandatory waiting period, a 24-hour waiting period, which again is not found in any other procedure that you receive in the state, you may get to your appointment and then find out you have to come back the next day. And if you are someone who had to drive that far, that's obviously a problem. Or if you are someone who doesn't have paid time off and miss out on pay if you aren't at work. That's also a problem. The Reproductive Health Act eliminates those barriers. It eliminates some financial barriers that people people face to make sure that if you need an abortion, you have that right under our state's constitution, and these laws aren't going to stand in the way. There was an article this week in the New York Times detailing the problems that anti-choice states are having holding on to their gynecologists. 
they're becoming a desert for gynecological care because doctors are either leaving or newly licensed gynecologists simply aren't considering those states for locating. Will we get the opposite impact in Michigan? Yeah, that's the goal. Michigan has already seen an increase in uh, patients coming from out of state to access abortion care. It hasn't seen the same increase that other access states have seen. And I think that a lot of that has to do with the fact that we still have a lot of these really onerous restrictions in place. We had a, a roundtable this week when the bills were introduced. And Dr. Wallet, who is a, an abortion provider through Planned Parenthood, discussed how difficult these laws make it for her to give care to her patients. Yes, I do think that this will help in terms of medical residents coming here. And we've already seen some increase in that. And I think that this will further help with that. Governor Whitmer has used Michigan's laws regarding reproductive health care as part of her economic pitch. And we are surrounded by states right now where abortion is essentially illegal, with the exception of Illinois, Wisconsin, at least for now, until their Supreme Court acts, Indiana, Ohio. Is the governor right? Is this an economic advantage? The governor is spot on. Access to abortion is an economic issue. Whether or not someone can afford to care for a child, whether or not someone has the ability to make decisions about their own body is absolutely something that factors in to where people choose to live, where they choose to work, uh, where they choose to go to school. Reproductive rights are absolutely an economic issue, and the governor is spot on when she sums them up that way. Let's shift to another area where you have a lot of responsibility. And as Speaker Pro Tem, you're part of the leadership team, setting things up for this fall session. What can we look forward to as the first issue that the legislature takes on? What's been really great about having this trifecta is I am able to go to the governor's speeches and I already know what's going to be in them because together on those priorities. So it was really nice to, to be there last week and to hear about all of the things I've been working on this term and particularly over the course of the summer uh, and just seeing the excitement around them. So the governor obviously mentioned the Reproductive Health Act that was introduced this week on Wednesday. So that's going to uh, be moving expeditiously. The governor also talked about climate. That's another package I'm working on with uh, Majority Floor Leader Ayaz, Representative Kofia, Majority Floor Leader Singh over in the Senate. Uh, that's a really exciting thing as well. We've we're stewards of one of the greatest resources here in the state of Michigan. Our state is incredible, and we've been lagging behind in terms of renewable energy and, and things like that. So we're working on a, a package of bills to create opportunity around that, create investment around renewable energy, and really just bring us forward as, as leaders in space. The governor also talked about uh, ACA codification. Representative Rogers has been working on that. Uh, started at earlier this term. And I'm, I'm excited to see that moving too. That's something that has helped a lot of people and codifying it here in Michigan is going to be really important. You have an interesting challenge coming up based on electoral success. Two of your colleagues are running for mayor of their respective cities. And if they both win, all of a sudden it's a 54-54 tie in the House. What sorts of plans are you and the speaker and the other leaders on the Democratic side making for that? How will you respond if temporarily, the Republicans can block anything. So it's the hope that the Republicans rise to the challenge and take this as an opportunity to, to compromise and maybe get some really good bipartisan work. 
I will say you, you spoke about me being the speaker pro tem, and I spoke about it the last time I was on the program. Thus far, the Republicans have not been the adults in the room. They've been fairly childish, going so far as to lock themselves in the caucus room when they didn't want to vote on things and blocking things just for the sake of blocking them, hitting the red button just to show us that they know where it is. I have concerns about how they're going to react and, and whether or not they'll be able to rise to the occasion. Uh, but what I can say is that Speaker Tate, his top priority is doing work for the people of the state of And regardless of what the numbers are in the House, he's going to make sure that's what we're doing and we're delivering on the things that people wanted us to do when they helped us flip the House and flip the Senate and hold on to the governor's seat. So I'm not going to say it's not going to be a challenge, but we're preparing for it as best we can. And we're going to work around whatever obstacles the Republicans throw out there, should there be any. But my goal is that there that will be an opportunity for some really good bipartisan work and the Republicans will recognize it as such. Just for our listeners who don't understand totally the way that the House of Representatives operates, what is the Speaker Pro Tempora? So the Speaker Pro Tempora is the the number two. I serve directly under the Speaker, as all of us do. But in, in my role, uh, when he is not presiding, which is often, I preside. If you ever come visit the Capitol, Capitol or even tune into to House Session, which streams every day, and I actually highly encourage that people watch it. It can be very interesting and you can learn, learn a lot just by tuning in. But if, if you've ever watched High Session, more often than I will be the one presiding. So I try and keep the floor running as smoothly as possible, make sure we get through our agenda, recognize people to speak to a bill, gavel them down when they're out of order, and just try and keep the trains running on time, basically. <laughs> Speaker Pro Tem Lori Bohatsky, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. That's our report for this week. We thank Speaker Pro Tem Lori Bohatsky for her work on behalf of the people of Michigan and for joining us today. A reminder, go to our webpage, partyonthepeninsulas.com, and download the flyer outlining the spectacular improvements in our economy, both nationally and in Michigan, under the leadership of President Biden and Governor Whitmer. You can also download the complete Economist and YouGov poll. I'm Lavora Barnes. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week and hope you will be too. Party on the Peninsula is as a production of the Michigan Democratic Party.
Party on the Peninsula is as a production of the Michigan Democratic Party.